A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's a Red Table first. We are in North Carolina. We've come to the private home of basketball's royal family to meet the queens of the Curry Dynasty. Now, the men may dominate the court, but these women run the kingdom. Sonia, the matriarch, married NBA veteran Del Curry 30 years ago. Their oldest son, Steph, is one of the greatest players ever. He was just 15 when he met Aisha, who became his wife, and a one-woman empire. She's a superstar chef, a cover girl, and the mother of their three children. Their middle child, Seth Curry, is also an NBA baller. He's newly engaged to Callie Rivers, the mother of his child and daughter of NBA legend Doc Rivers. The youngest Curry, Sadell, is a social media influencer who married yet another NBA player, Damian Lee. We heard this is the biggest table yet. We like setting records. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming us into your beautiful family home. We appreciate that. Being here with you guys, I can feel the the warmth and the energy of the women in this family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I won't be able to get through this whole thing without crying, so. That makes you and I, I know I'm already teary. <laughs> but, you know, every family is not like that. Yeah. Every family is not like that. family can be the hardest relationships, yeah. actually. This is like real NBA yeah. wife, partnership, fiance, superstardom situation happening right here because people think about the glory side of it. 
I don't think that people really understand what it takes for women to hold the positions that we have to hold standing with our men. Right. How many years have you been married? 30 years. Wow. 30 yeah. years. Did you know I'm on 21? Wow. You can make it. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, our partnership, we don't even really call it a marriage anymore. We call it a, a partnership. We're life partners. We're in a different stage of our union. I know that unions go through many stages. Yes. I met him at 18. Yeah. I've been with him since then. So to go from 18 to now being 53, you're like, who is this person from 18 to 53? Yeah. Pause right there for one second. This woman says she's 53. <laughs> right? Let me tell you something. You don't love 53! That's right. Every year, no, it's better going. and better and better and better. Yes! Don't stop. Yes! Okay, go ahead. I didn't want to stop. Go ahead. You know, in the, each stage, different things fuel the marriage. Right. And there's different types of commitments at different levels. So my go. first commitment was more you committed to the person because you're in love. Yeah. Exactly. The second one, you're committed to the family. Because family. Yeah. <laughs> you got to build this. And, and to some degree, you committed to kids. Yes. You know, when you're going through bumpy times, it's we got to think about our kids. And then the third part is, whoa, nobody's here. <laughs> it's us. And who are you? And, yeah. you know, he looks at me and goes, you're not that 18-year-old that was gaga God, me. Yes. And I'm looking at him going, okay. You don't quite look the same as you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a little bit of that in me, too. Right. Uh, things change. You start going, oh, okay. You look at that and you're like, who are you personality-wise? Right. And what do I now want to do with me and the time that I have? And it's challenging. There can be some real rough times in that. Would you say that you rebelled against being... I did. Yeah, you rebelled against I mean, there was a point life. where it was like, I don't want to be Sonya Curry. Yeah. Like, I have a thing where I made my goals and it was like, be financially independent, da-da-da-da-da. And ironically, I was never financially independent and always was Del Curry's wife. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it was like I was spinning my wheels just trying to be a little bit of cankerous and just rebellious, you know, with it. But I think I've been that throughout my whole marriage. <laughs> <laughs> You definitely passed it down to your kids. <laughs> you can say it like that. <laughs> That's so interesting. You just, like, I just, a light bulb just went off in my head. I'm like, that might be your situation, Jada. Just pure rebellion. <laughs> Aisha, what would you say is some of the best advice you've received in regards to managing what comes with being a partner to, I call a spotlight athlete? Well, first of all, I think we've, all been very blessed to have an example for us. And a lot of people in our situations don't have that. Yeah. And so they enter into this big, crazy world and they go a little crazy. But the one thing I think that I've taken away from mom, she's very strong um, and powerful. She's always been able to balance her wants and needs yeah. along with her children's wants and needs and her husband's wants and needs. And she's always done it with grace. That's kind of why I need to make sure that I have something for myself yeah. as well as my marriage. Because one, you know, it's going to make me happy yeah. and full. I'm going to be a better parent. Yep. Two, it's going to make my husband a better person as well because yep. then he has this strong woman next to him yeah. who, you know, has her own wants and needs and knows what she wants. Exactly. And so I feel like I, I have greater value and, and passion and I'm just a happier person that way. Yeah, um, definitely. And so that's something that... It's been hard. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been easy. 
it's what's some, been the most difficult part of it for you? Trying to figure out how to balance work life, mom life, and being a wife. wife. Sometimes Ooh. I want to give up the work life because I feel like, am I cheating my children yeah. of, of my quality time with them? Am, am I cheating my husband out of like me solely being there for him all yeah. the time? It takes a lot of quiet time, solitude, like searching within yourself, taking a deep breath and being like, okay, no, this is okay. I got this. Because I spent a little while not doing these things and I think I was kind of miserable. Oh, I'm with yeah. you. I went through that phase of like not working and like, okay, I'm just going to concentrate on my kids. I'm going to concentrate on my husband. And I turned into a terror. <laughs> well, and then, like, look what happens. Like, your children grow up, and then they leave, and they start their own beautiful lives, and then you're and left then with you're the person left. you started it all with, right. saying, who am I? And mm -hmm. so, like, I just want to make sure that when that happens, like, I'm good, and I still have a sense of self. Yeah. I think for me, honestly, right now, I'm five months in, six months in, to marriage, oh, <laughs> and I'm struggling a little bit because, like, I'm married. You have this idea about what marriage is going to be like. You get to see your spouse all the time, but with their career, they're on the road every other day for weeks at a time. Right. Um, and so right now, I see my husband maybe once every two weeks. I saw him last week for six hours, and I'm like miserable right now. I love him to death, um, and I'm supportive of him, and I'm proud of all he's doing. But you know, sometimes I sit at home and I'm like, dang. She has something she wants to say oh, real quick. I, I got engaged last night. Yeah! <laughs> you got engaged last night. That's Thank a perfect you. ring for you. It's so pretty on your finger. And did he pick that out on his own? Yes, or did he, he did. have help? No, he picked he it out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he picked it out. So break it down. I mean, how did it happen? Um, we went to dinner. It was the longest dinner ever because I feel like he was super nervous, so he kept like pushing it back. Yeah. He ordered a cappuccino at the end, which he's I've never seen him drink a cappuccino ever. Right. <laughs> First cappuccino. And then after it, actually, you guys were kind of in it because he was like, hey, did you ever get back to the girl that asked about what you wanted to be called on the Red Table Talk? And I was like, yeah, I just said girlfriend. I'm asking because I want you to be able to say that you're my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And then he said stuff, but I don't remember because I started crying. Aww. But I do remember him saying, I love you. And I remember him saying something about being a good mom. Whoa. And then I wasn't answering. He said, will you marry me? But I was crying and I was just like wrapped up. And then he was like, wait, will you marry me? And I was like, <laughs> yes. I was like yes, yes, stand up. Wow. And then we went back to the hotel and like our whole families were there. Oh. We're very yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that really sparkles well like, whoo. How do y'all deal with all the ladies around y'all men? <laughs> How do you deal with that? Say we're out in the club and some girl all is up in his face. I kind of liked it because to me, it was kind of like, this my man. Right. And you ought to be attracted to my man, and I'm okay with that right. as long as my man's standing beside me and making me feel good. But right. if my man turned around and was like, oh, da, 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 which happened a couple times, I'd be like, hold up, no, wait. And I would, I would solve it. I was one, I'm always one to solve things right then. I could right. be like, you need to back up. And you need to make her back up. And right. so we would just solve that right there. Right. Stefan is like very nice by nature. And he's very talkative. He's just like you. He gets it from his mama. And so, like, everything's always, like, very, very friendly. And sometimes to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm a grown woman, so I'll just insert myself and be like, hello, how are you doing? Right. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it now. And I've, I've, obviously, you know, like, the devil is a liar. And there's always, like, 
the ladies will always be lurking. Right. Hoping, hoping for their moment and waiting. You need to be aware of that. Right. But for me, I, I, I honestly hate it. I don't like when I feel like leveled off with someone. Exactly. It just irks my nerves. And so like we, we had the conversation about it and he like tries really, really hard to make sure that if we're going somewhere, I'm being introduced. Like exactly. you're I don't I don't like to have to introduce myself. It right. irks my nerves. So we try and um I try and make that known. But there have been a couple of times where I've wanted to like punch somebody in the face for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's human nature. It's yeah. never him. It's no, always the, it's always it's always the other. other it's person. always the other ones. Um, yeah. And he doesn't necessarily know how to deal with that because he's like just he's just he's a, a nice guy, nice human being. And he just wants and he everybody can't see to be it cool. coming. Yeah, he can't see it coming. I see it from a mile away. A new season of Bridgerton is here, and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts how did you deal with it mama how did i deal with groupies with the groupies around daddy you know what i really didn't i know i was i know i was she deterrent. was more yeah willow when i was with him i was like <laughs> This one. Oh, that is this so funny. one. This okay. One. That I remember when Willow was like five or six, and one of Will's co-stars was in his trailer, and she came in there. She jumped in her father's lap, and she looked at the co-star, and she said, "My mother's gonna be here very soon." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Will telling me the story. I cracked up. I said. It's how is it that daughters specifically? I always knew though. I always just was tune like, in. Yeah. She always to even till this day. She'll be like, I always know. Like, That's the funny who thing. Who is that, Ma? Like, talk to your dad about that one, boo. Talk to your daddy. There was only like one or two times where I just I might have gotten a little hostile, where I felt like people they stepped over a boundary and they were disrespectful. Now we got an issue, you know, because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, he knows who I am, right? So the responsibility really is more on the men. Well, I think the men, but also you have to have an internal space of confidence. confidence. It's like because at the end of the day, that's part of it. A lot of women will get you know, bad reps for being gold diggers or what have you, right? So you you realize how for procreation, men, when they see beautiful women and beautiful bodies, they they react because it, it's a it's a, a primal it's a primal, it's a primal thing. thing. Well, when women see power, same it's, thing. It's the same thing. It's not about gold digging. It's 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 a primal response. This guy can build a house. Mm. He can help. You know, he can help he my can survival. My life. It's right. primal. <laughs> I've had to put myself in Will's shoes at times and go, whoo, whoo, if I had all these pretty women throwing oh, yeah. them shows at me, what would I do? Man, 
baby. Whoa. Okay. Now, you know, when I really looked at it that way, I really had to have more compassion and um, more understanding. Something that really bothers me and, like, honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, like, there are all these women, like, throwing themselves. But me, like, the past 10 years, like, I don't have any of that. Like, I have zero, this sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then you like I begin to internalize it. it and I'm like, you're, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're, you're not, not looking. looking. What? You're not like, looking. You're not even looking. But I'm gonna tell you something else too. When your radar's turned off, cause I dealt with that for years too. Like, and I was young, like you. Yeah, like, like that's oh not my fair. God, I mean. Cause I don't what? want it, but yeah. it'd be nice to know that like, Someone's looking. But that when your radar turned off, yeah. right? That can get real Don't ever think for one minute that it ain't no some men out there looking at you like I wish. Honestly, and, and I'm gonna tell you who knows that more than anybody. And I want to ask a question there. All of you made the decision not to travel with your husbands. I have the ability with my career to be able to travel with him and see him here and there. But I feel like if I get used to that, like I'm not gonna be present with any other aspect of my life. You know, always on a plane, following him, doing whatever. So I'm really wanting to put myself out there. So make more friends. I, with my anxiety, like it's really hard for me to meet people. I definitely have a lot of anxiety in my life. And I've just developed it from the, within the past three years. I've had five concussions. And so that's kind of yeah. resulted into- You had five concussions? Playing volleyball, yeah. yeah. I got hit in the head and fell on the floor a few times. Um, <laughs> so you think that concussions might Absolutely. have contributed? Yeah, I and we could see her behavior yeah. change over those three, four years. I've gone to see therapists, and, and that's helped me. Does your anxiety sometimes get so bad that you'll black out? Like, no, not in a while. Um, in situations like if I, I'm not really good around a lot of people, so if I have to be around a lot of people, if I have some kind of event, then I will black out. Like, I won't remember anything about what I just did. It's just kind of a big blur. I have anxiety too, really, really bad, to the point where I actually take like medication for okay. it. And I think it's something that, you know, everybody in some way yeah, has moments yes. where they, yep. and I think like open communication and like putting your feelings out on the line, like that helps me a lot. It's like just letting somebody know, like, yeah, kind of having an anxiety attack right now. Like, I get it. <laughs> I literally get it. You deal with a lot of anxiety too. What are some of the things that you do? What are some of your techniques to kind of deal with your anxiety? <laughs> um, recently, I've been like, like I just get really frustrated, and like I feel like there's just so much energy. Like I, I get frustrated, and then there, in my head, I'm like, I feel manic. Mm -hmm. So like lately, I've just been like dropping down and just. Doing some push-ups. Oh, wow. No, realistically, like, I, the other day, I just did it on the street because I was having a conversation with one of my friends and I got very upset and I was just like, I need a... The little bit of adrenaline. Like exactly. The... We've struggled because with the kind of anxiety that she deals with versus the kind of anxiety I deal with, they're very different, you know, because she could be sitting in her room with thoughts and have a moment, Yeah. you know, and I'm just like, what Nothing is happening? happening? <laughs> like, you're in here alone. What is going on? So I really had to learn how to just be able to listen to her. What I've learned, too, and what you've taught me as well, is if you feed it. Yeah, that was the other it, thing. And, like, for me personally, it's like, I'll go into a whirlwind, and I'm like, 
the life sucks, everything's terrible, I'm gonna... Almost and everything, a tantrum. Exactly. Yeah. One of the techniques I had for her, I said, I want you to take a moment and I want you to list 10 things you're grateful for. And yeah. that definitely helped a and lot. And she would automatically shift. And to the point, By even the sometimes, thing, I'd be like, she'd be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and if we have to go for 20, come on, come on. There you go. <laughs> she gets smiling and laughing. I'm like, there you go. You know, because for me, my anxiety doesn't come like that. My anxiety, yeah. like, I, I had anxiety. I shut down. Yeah. Oh, you shut down. I shut down. Yeah. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss 
host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See, and I, I get anxious in public places. Yeah. You know, like if it's a lot of people, because I'm so small, so people crowding you. I'm a target, you know what I mean? So how I deal with that is I'll take somebody with me that makes me, that's comfortable in crowds. Yeah. So whether it's like, my son, you know, yeah. I usually call Jaden. I'm like, Jaden, I need for you to go with me to this place. Because he's always just cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Ma, it's going to be okay. He holds my hand. <laughs> yeah, he holds my hand. He's like, come on, you know, I got you. you. We're going to go in here. We're going to say hi to folks, you know. And then people, he knows everybody. So, you know, it's always just peace and love around Jaden. I'll never forget, we were wanted to go buy bikes one day. And I'm sitting in the back nursing Riley. At the time, she's less than a year old. And this lady, this group of people come over and they're trying to ask Stefan for pictures and autographs. The woman opens the car door, Ooh. sticks her body in the car, and she's like, oh, let me see. I'm like, no, like, get, get out of the car. She goes, oh, honey, you know what you signed up for. And I was like, oh, my God. And that's kind of stuck with me for a long time because yeah. I'm like, actually, no, I, I didn't. And I think I do deserve some type yes. of personal space. And so that's more so where, like, everything stems from for me. And, and by the way, when you were talking about we're targets, that's a real thing. No, it is. Like, we are targets. Things yes. happen, and it just is what it is. Something that happened in my life a long time ago, but when I was 12 or 13, my house was burnt down to the ground, and they, like, locked all of our animals inside. And my dad was on a road trip, and we happened to be visiting the lake house. No. And this happened because my dad's black and my mom's white. Thankfully, we're out of town. The neighbor heard the windows busting, and that's how they found out the house was on fire. So we know who did it, but they, nothing ever happened to the people that did it. What? Um, yeah. I was so young that, like, I didn't really understand why. Exactly. And especially, like, you know, nowadays, I think, um, with everything that's happening, you realize your race way more. And I was thinking about the other day, like, I don't remember when I even realized that my mom was white and my dad was black. But that probably would have never happened if we weren't in the situation that we're in. Being a target in the public eye. 100%. And Aisha, I do know that through social media, you've had some controversial moments. I know people talking about, you know, because you're mixed, you're not black enough, you're not oh, this, that's, oh you're not gosh. that. Like, how do you deal with all that? That, that hurts my feelings so bad. Yeah, I bet. So I'm Canadian. Right. So I grew up in Canada and lived there until I was 14. Never had to deal with any sort of, like, racial issue. 
moved to the States, started high school. And at that point, I became not black enough for the black people yeah. and not white, white enough, enough for, for the, the white, white people. people. <laughs> and I was like, where do I fit? Because I'm, I'm, I'm black. Right. Like, I'm a black girl. It is something that really bothers me. Right. I bet it does. You did the same thing growing up, right? Look at me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the back, you kind of can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Till I open my mouth. So did you have to deal with that too? Oh, yeah, same thing. I mean, I came from a very small town in Virginia. Right. I mean, less than 1% of minorities that went to the high school that I went to. Right. So it's like, you're too pretty. You think, you think yeah, you're, you're too, too pretty. pretty. Yeah, you, you're yeah. not black. You're yeah. not da-da-da-da-da. So it's always something that stays with you. You never felt like you had to identify black or white? Because I felt like oh, you had to no. choose. We were black. We had all-black softball team. I was the scorekeeper at 11, and we're playing an all-white softball oh. team. And the Ku Klux Klan goes riding out across the field with a burnt and lit a cross. And so I'm 11 years old, and I'm seeing this. So, you know, that was real. Right. Um, yeah, it's always just black, you know. And then 1% in you, you're yeah, black. Yeah, you're black. <laughs> That's just yeah, what it yeah. is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though, as a mother-in-law... And as a mother, do you find yourself really having to fall back and just kind of observe? I try to fall back. I'm kind of old school. You've got to learn from your own mistakes. If you come to me and you ask me directly, I'm going to say, what do you think? Okay, now I'll tell you. Right. And in my situation, we've lived this life. And so they're all in the NBA. I know too much yeah. that I can become a know-it-all. See, yeah. And I don't yeah. want to be that. I want to come enjoy my grandbabies. I've raised my children. I've earned that right and that time, and it's a blessing. I don't want to also now be in three marriages because yeah. I'm still, I'm still doing my own. So that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to carry. Yeah. I want to be there for them, but I don't want to have to carry their. I feel like so. you were like that as a mom with Sidel too. And like, I remember when like we were having a party here and you drank a little bit too much and we were upstairs and I was like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? I was like coddling her. I was like, oh. She's like, throw like, her oh, in the shower. Please, like, don't. She was like, no, nah, we're going to throw her in the shower. <laughs> she said, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And she's like, is that water warm? She was like, mm-mm. She turned it down and it was like ice cold water. I was like, ooh. And she like left her up there. To, to fend for herself and figure out her own situation. Yeah. And I was like, oh, actually, I like that. Yeah. And I don't think you've gotten like that a day ever, ever since. She's been around her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, let's pull this fishbowl out here. We'll start with you. It says, Aisha, Steph seems so perfect. Does he ever lose his temper? Catherine from LA. <laughs> It's, it's sickening. It's, I, it's something that gets on my nerves. It really does. He does not have a temper. The only time I've ever seen him have a temper is on the court when he's gotten in trouble and it's caused an uproar. And everybody's like, oh, he's this person. He's not. Right. He is the nicest, most humble, calm human being I've ever encountered. It's part of why I love him so much. He needs to be that way for me because I have a temper. Got it. Yeah. Right? Sorry, Catherine from L.A. <laughs> 
But didn't he have an incident on court? Yes. Yeah, oh, that's he's what she had said. Those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't have them on he's court. had those. And yeah. I'm like, those words, he doesn't say those words at home. <laughs> right. And oh, you actually no. got on him about yes, cursing on the court. Actually, we got a tape. Oh. oh. Son. I know you feeling yourself tonight, but that's a little tad bit too Where much. Where did y'all get this? Where did y'all get this? Now, great game, but don't ever let me see you do that again. Oh, is that what he cursed? Yeah. Did you give it to him? I did not. <laughs> did he Who give did that it? to y'all? Did, did Stefan send it? Oh my gosh. And this was Steph's reaction. <laughs> Where did you get this from? I am going to kill him. Maybe your son, but you... <laughs> because... Okay, full disclosure, I'd watched the whole game. It was awesome, and it was my first time I said, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to drink a whole bottle of champagne by myself. Personal I drank <laughs> the whole bottle. I was filling myself, and when that happened, I picked up my phone. I was like, son, and that's why my face looks like that. <laughs> I sent it right to him. This dude is the only person that has this video. <laughs> because at the it's end of that, if he would have played it, I said, and... and Erase this immediately after you read this. So he is the, oh he my God, it. that's hilarious. He is in trouble. Oh, well, I want to say thank you to you all for this experience. I haven't been one that's ever wanted to join a sorority or really found a female group. Me being able to be here with my girls, with you guys, is such a blessing to be at a table with women to have these conversations right. and just to be comfortable yeah. and real and to be here with my girls yeah. is so awesome. I just love the relationship yeah. that you guys have. It's so Thank real you. and it's so beautiful. sincere. I, I just really love it as a family of women oh, holding God. each other up. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this kind of gathering for me, I mean, it's been super healing just being yes. here with you guys today. I think it's beautiful when we can show our imperfections and still show the deep love. That we don't have to be perfect families to be loving mm -hmm. families yes. because there's no such thing as perfect families. And so, as we both sit here. <laughs> Your face is much prettier than mine. No, it's not. <laughs> no, like, no, okay. no. Okay. We're not going to play that game I'm like, mm -mm, with your gorgeous To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.